Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, is your go-to health podcast. We connect you with the very best of Bermuda's health and wellness experts, enthusiasts, and influencers, helping you get the very best from your mind and body. So go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Royal Gazette, and join the conversation every month. It starts right here. Welcome to MindSwaps, the ninth episode in the 2022 series of the Best Health Podcast. I'm Becky Ezekiel, and before we jump in, I want to say a huge thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible. This episode has been sponsored by Lindos. Why go anyplace else? Today, I'm so excited to welcome Akila Beckles into the Sound Lounge. Akila started yoga while studying law in London over a decade ago at a time when yoga classes were a fairly uncommon and seemingly exclusive offering here in Bermuda. She began her teaching practice with friends and family, instructing them through simple sequences when she would return to Bermuda in the summer holidays, before formally training as a yoga instructor in 2020. But it's not just yoga that Akila specialises in. In 2018, two years prior to her yoga teacher training, she underwent a major surgery, which left her unable to perform any physical activity for two months. When that recovery was up, she used Pilates to supplement her yoga practice, which helped her quickly rebuild her core strength. The transformation, both physically and mentally, had her sold, and she formalized her Pilates training practice as an apprentice shortly thereafter. Here to talk to us about the benefits of yoga and Pilates, not just the physical, but the mental, um, welcome to Best Health. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, Becky. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Pleasure to have you. I'm excited to chat with you. Me too. So we've heard a bit about when you started yoga, but what's the why? What made you try it in the first place? Um, good introduction, by the way. I'm listening to it, it's like, oh, she tied oh. everything in so nicely, <laughs> like, and so concisely, because oh, it feels like, personally, it feels like it's been forever, but yes. you told it in such a succinct way. Oh, thank you. I first tried yoga out of curiosity, like randomly, mm-hmm. when I was studying in Canada. I went to a Bikram hot yoga class. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. I haven't, but I've heard them. You've heard quite things? Yeah. yeah. So all the things that you've heard, yeah. some elements of that were in the studio that I went to and I was like, this isn't for me. Then I went to a random vinyasa class, felt completely out of my depth, dropped it, never mm-hmm. thought about it again. Went to London for law school, was trying to find Pilates because I had done like DVDs before and liked how that felt. Mm-hmm. The gym that I went to didn't have Pilates, so I was like, I guess I'll do yoga. Yeah. But then one night I couldn't sleep and I was doing the breathing exercise that the teacher that I was going to would do at the end of a class. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up the next morning. So I was like, oh, there's something Something to this yoga thing. And that's when my actual practice and the commitment to the practice started because I just like how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely, it supported my life in a positive way. Wow. So the breathing is obviously quite a big part of yoga is that true of yoga and pilates maybe if we start with the difference between yoga and pilates Pilates. and what they have in common maybe yeah so for both of them there are important elements as far as how you use your breath Mm -hmm. i think in pilates it's more physical in terms of utilizing what's happening for your breath as far as mechanically the biomechanics of your 
exhale and how that can assist certain moving movements that are more a contracting type shape and to get more um, of your smaller muscles working when you're doing the tiniest movement. So you're getting more bang for your buck when you tie in the breath. So it's how to be more effective. Yeah. And so I think breath is a good symbol for one of the major differences between yoga and Pilates because in yoga, the breath is a larger component in terms of not just the physical. Mm -hmm. So it's called pranayama in yoga. And prana, the word prana, it's like life force energy. So it thinks of breath as a far more powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And it is the powerful thing that kept me in a yoga practice Mm because I did that breathing exercise and I was like, let me keep up with this thing. So the asana, the physical poses that most people consider when they think of yoga, it's just one of eight limbs that's in the yoga practice Mm -hmm. that's bigger than what the Western world considers yoga today because it was ancient, um, depending on who you're speaking to, um, either has Hindu origins or Hindu origins via Africa because there are lots of um, sources that indicate that yoga is far older than the Indian practice and goes back to Kemet, which is ancient Egypt. So it's an old and spiritual practice Mm -hmm. that has a physical limb. So if it's been around for such a long time, why do you think it's taken so long for it to be popular in the Western world? Because, I mean, it's it's really blown up, I don't know, in the last 10, 15 years. I think it's strange because I remember a few years ago a friend saying to me, like, oh, well, wellness is trendy now. And I was thinking, yeah. what? <laughs> but she said that I was so confused because I was just like, I don't, like, it, yoga was just a part of my life. Yeah. But you're absolutely yeah. right. That's the way that it was. And I just didn't necessarily see it because mm-hmm. I was a little bit in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that, like, outsiders yes. were starting to see it as cool or yes. acceptable. So I didn't see that. But now I'm seeing it because of how mainstream and accessible it's become and partly that's post-COVID as well as far as how much you can access online like I remember returning to Bermuda in 2013 Mm -hmm. and it was hard for me to get to yoga classes because back then it was so patchy like Mm -hmm. church hall here at 6.15 random day like random classes so I was looking for classes online and that was hard to do then so it's completely different now as far 2013 so like nine years ago when I got back to Bermuda after studying But I think part of it might be generally people are more open to, quote unquote, alternative Mm -hmm. ways of being. I mean, we live in the West. Um, I mean, it's kind of topical right now. Like it's all, all of the West basically was colonized, right, Mm -hmm. by European powers and it's not their history. So if what we do and how we live was based on what um, the overarching culture was, what we were told, um, like Christian religion has looked down upon certain spiritual practices, mm-hmm. thinking of them as heathen. So I think that's a big part of like the resistance, and it's still there. You know, I'm very careful in Bermuda for when I even say Namaste yeah. or when I might chant Om, mm-hmm. and Om is a universal sound, but some people might think it's like devil worship, and it's not that. So I think it's a resistance that comes from at least in the Bermuda context and a lot of other places in the Western world, just our um, Judeo-Christian Are you still met with that kind of resistance from people if you say namaste or if you say you're involved in yoga? Do people still have a stigma that 
I have I have clients like there's a small group that I teach and they said to me once they said I'm glad you don't do all that chanting stuff <laughs> and the thing is it's not that I don't do chanting it's just that I don't offer it to them because I know that they're not open to yes. that <laughs> so yes yeah. so I'm happy with that sure. they like they like to move and they like how it makes them feel mm-hmm. but they're resistance to resistant to what that might mean for mm-hmm. their spirituality or what that might mean to their connection to themselves but it's happening right yeah I, I I can tell by the way that our conversations generally are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some resistance as well, but it was more that I was afraid of the intimacy of the relationship with myself uh-huh. that I thought would come from the spiritual side of the practice. It wasn't so much like trying to protect some religious attachment, mm-hmm. but I did have some resistance of what it would mean to kind of open myself up to myself. Um, spiritually. Interesting. I think that you're right in terms of also people's perception of alternative um, kind of medicines or therapies has changed a lot. And I spoke to someone recently um, from the My Serenity um, team, and they were saying that the difference they've seen in the last 10, 15 years of people's attitudes towards alternative forms of healing or crystals, and it used to be a very kind of woo-woo thing people would avoid. Yeah. And now it's something people... And that word is still used. Like, people use that word jokingly with me. offensive yeah. or not. Yeah. Honest, well, um, the joke is, like, we were talking before we started about how I just came from that road trip that started yeah. in New Orleans. In New Orleans, it's used... Woo-woo is a good thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> it means the person is full of goodness and um, a spiritual knowing. Yes. Uh, so it was interesting to hear it in that context, in that place that's known for, like, tarot readers and the crystals yeah. and the... Um, kind of the spiritual feeling and the energies that exist there mm. compared to, yeah, in Bermuda and in other parts of the rest of the United States, apart from New Orleans, we was kind you of said as like oh, a weird thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. You never really know what how people yeah. mean it or how they're going to interpret it. Yeah. What do you think about social media's impact on, um, you know, when you see celebrities like Madonna or Gwyneth Paltrow promoting things like yoga, um, is that kind of helpful in a sense that it's, getting it out there or does it make it feel kind of fad and fashionable and it's it's strange right because um i remember in the pandemic because suddenly again it's so visible what people were doing to try kind of to stay sane Mm. and my friend who lives in geneva i know her from law school she said everyone posts yoga videos now and like you've been doing it forever (laughs) and i yeah i had that little chuckle but i said to her like i'm glad that more people are practicing yoga and i think for her context that was her friends and family which is great, like regular people trying yoga. Mm -hmm. I think it's weird when celebrities, like you mentioned, like Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm -hmm. um, they, to some extent, take a little bit of ownership over it, inadvertently, but the way that it's portrayed in media Mm -hmm. gives a sense of ownership. So I just don't like what connotations that has Mm -hmm. and how it might lead some people to think that they can't identify with the practice if they're not wealthy, Mm -hmm. with a lot of spare time, white. Mm -hmm. I don't like the effect that some of celebrities' interest has had on the general public, but I think it's good for visibility Mm -hmm. and that there are all kinds of other people that are using social media Mm -hmm. to share their practice or to share, you know, a messy regular day practice in their living room that's not pretty and pristine as well. Like, I like that social media allows for a breadth of experiences to be shown. Yeah. Obviously, the dark side is the people that have the millions of followers. 
that lead some to believe that you have to look a certain way or be a certain way to access a practice. Only show certain yeah. parts of their of their life. Yeah. But that's the great thing, and I think you touched on it a bit earlier about yoga, is that it is very accessible. You can kind of do it anywhere. You can do an, a class, like you said, online. What is your view about people who want to try yoga starting off in that way with a YouTube video? Or is there a danger that they might kind of do things incorrectly and... Um, the danger of doing things incorrectly exists always, mm-hmm. I think. Um, obviously, the best experience would be private instruction because you're getting alignment cues, adjustments, and experience for you and your unique body. Mm-hmm. That being said, to pay for the time and energy of an individual mm-hmm. to give you that instruction could be prohibitive for some people. Mm-hmm. Like. In Bermuda, generally, the rates are somewhere around $100 an hour, mm-hmm. usually a little bit more. Um, some larger cities I've seen. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I saw a Pilates studio that I have had good teaching experiences. Mm-hmm. I've received good teaching experiences from. They have a studio in the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and an hour of instruction is $350. Oh, so wow. that being said, most people experience yoga especially, but also there's a lot more people doing Pilates in class settings. Mm -hmm. And then also now, especially since the pandemic, online. Online is great for people in remote areas that might not have access Mm -hmm. to a live uh, yoga studio, teacher, class, but also for people that for whatever reason, even if they're in a place like Bermuda that has lots of options for practice or New York City, lots of options for practice, they might have to be at home maybe for childcare reasons mm-hmm. or just for lack of like ease of transport, just limited time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great mm-hmm. that it exists. And I think as long as the teacher that's presenting whatever the instruction is online is explaining that <laughs> they are not able to have eyes on the person. Yeah. So yeah. make sure that you're mm-hmm. uh, that they're taking things with a grain of salt and just being careful and trying to listen to their body Mm -hmm. so it's not ideal in the sense of being instructed for your body but it's great that you can still access it no matter where you are if you have connectivity online yeah and still get the benefits yeah yeah and and also like at a minimum an introduction like an idea of it and then you go to a class and you're like oh this is what it could feel like once someone tells you what cue your body needs Uh, or just to move right yeah yeah just yeah exactly just to get your body moving I've kind of dipped in and out of yoga over the years. The first time I tried it was maybe, I would say maybe six years ago, and it was here. And um, I did a one-on-one class because I was worried about doing it wrong, and I wanted that kind of focused instruction. And I came out of it genuinely feeling high. I genuinely felt as if I'd taken something. I don't know if it was the oxygen to my brain or just the physical... I don't know, feeling. But, you, um, you're, you, the, in the practice, there is a lot of letting go that happens, mm. right? That, and that's also part of why the breath is important because, you know, you're breathing new energy in mm-hmm. and you're letting go of what's within you. Mm-hmm. And say if you're taking an exhale while you're twisted, right? Mm-hmm. And not anything complicated that someone might have thought of when I said twisted. Literally, take your torso, rotate to the left, yep. hold that for a while, and breathe. Mm-hmm. What's happening internally while you're exhaling, right? When you're shifting where your tu- where your stomach is, where your liver is, what's happening internally? Mm. You feel it. We don't know it, but you feel it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on physically and, and mentally with every movement. Yeah. How important is the, or was the physical, when you first started getting, 
you know, get, getting into yoga. We've heard about the benefits of yoga. It leans your muscles and improves flexibility in a physical sense. How important was that to you? Um, when I first started, it was super important because I was thinking about aesthetics. Like mm-hmm. I was introduced to it in a gym mm-hmm. and I was going to a gym not necessarily to be healthy for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was to be yeah. it was to be fit so I could look good totally. I'm gonna be real I yeah. was 23 mm-hmm. I don't I was early 20s in London cosmopolitan city mm-hmm. like attractive people dressed well sure. um, for me it was about looks I wanted it to be Pilates so that I could tune I remember having that thought and I remember being disappointed and thinking oh I guess I'll do yoga yeah and for me there was um, there was I guess it's hard because very quickly that wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Very mm-hmm. quickly, I I was just focused on going there to feel how I wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. So it changed once I started to feel yeah. what it what like the lightness that you speak about, the calm, mm-hmm. um, a letting a certain sense of letting go, mm-hmm. and a, an awareness of my body. So I didn't really think about physical mm-hmm. um, once I was into the practice because the other benefits for me. Or far superior, down. yeah. Because it is very physical. I mean, I saw some photos on your website of some of the poses, and it takes a lot of physical strength. Yeah, so it takes physical strength, but also I always point out to people, like, the, lots of those photos, at minimum, that's, like, after 10 years of practice. Mm-hmm. On my first day, things hurt, you know, yeah. because it was a new way for my body to move. But I stayed committed, even when there were, like, breaks that might have lasted months. Mm-hmm. I went back to the practice, and even if it felt difficult because I hadn't, moved in a while, like, just made myself or gave myself, gifted myself the movement so that I could get to where I wanted to feel. Um, A lot of people enjoy the physical, and they focus on that, and that's their thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to take away from that experience. Mm -hmm. It's just, for me, that's, um, like, such a tiny part of the benefit of yoga. And... um, in my own practice, I got more and faster physical benefits from Pilates than I did from yoga. But it's hard to say as well because I went to Pilates for this physical goal of, yeah. like, I wanted to be strong again. Sure. So it might be mental, right? But I, I do think it, it actuality, it because of how it focuses on the physical and so formulaic, mm. I think that a lot of times many people's experience is that you can notice a physical difference faster with Pilates. Right. But... Yoga, there's so many other benefits yeah. that why well, focus on what's yeah. happening physically. Did you then give up? I don't know what training you were doing in the gym before you turned to yoga and then Pilates, but the, did you then give up the kind of, was it cardio or weight? I did, know? but more just for like organization and ease. Mm-hmm. So basically I just started to go to a yoga studio for classes. Fine. And um, I never really liked gyms, right? But I was going for that physical goal. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so once I didn't have this all, like yeah. physical dream of like how I should look aesthetically, uh-huh. I didn't find such a draw to the gym, but mm-hmm. was also in and out still over the years. Like I have taken random like body pump classes mm-hmm. here. Love certain spin instructors in Bermuda. Like I love a good um like it's fake, mm-hmm. right, compared to cycling outdoors. Yeah. But I kind of like that element of like getting into the zone and vibing to music with other people. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not really a gym person. Mm-hmm. I've never liked like the smells. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they you. also feel like quite masculine spaces. They do still, don't and, they? Yeah, um, they do. Which works for some people, yeah. but as far as what I want from my movement practice, mm-hmm. it's not for me. Mm-hmm. 
And do you get a lot of men in the yoga studio? So, um, as a like consumer, mm -hmm. when I was taking a lot of classes at a studio that doesn't exist anymore, in your daytime classes, you would have maybe like, depending on the class, you could have a few to like half, few people to half the class being men. Wow. Depending on the class yeah. and the time of day and things like that. Sure. My own teaching mm -hmm. right now, I would say of my private clients, only two are men mm -hmm. for yoga. For Pilates, it's a few more, maybe five. And then I've just recently started teaching with salt yoga. Um, that's Emily to Sarah's business. Mm -hmm. And their clientele, because she had a very large following from, she taught a lot of yoga before she opened up salt yoga. Their clientele has more men that my present, like social media reach and I guess word of mouth or advertising reach has. Mm -hmm. So it will be interesting to see how much, how many more men I teach yeah. now teaching those open classes, whereas up to now I was teaching a lot of private, so it just depended on who kind of came to me. Got it. So sometimes people sign up for a class, they don't care about the teacher sure. or whether it's a woman or a man or things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that shifts. But yeah. it depends. I find in, in, in the Bermuda context, usually it's um, men that are either already spiritual in terms of their life practices and choices and they supplement that with yoga mm -hmm. or they're athletes who understand the physical benefits of mm -hmm some sort of flexibility work, or other general people, usually professional people, just because of the costs associated with the yoga practice, sure. that are just curious and interested and know it's good for them. Do you find that men are maybe, or do you think that men are more interested in Pilates because it is more physical? Um, I think, I don't know if, I think it just it's just a chance how it went for me numbers-wise for men in mm -hmm. Pilates, but I do think a little bit, of the uh, of the reason to invest in the private instruction because mm -hmm. I've told you what the cost is yep. like. Mm -hmm. e <laughs> especially, this is a generalization, but if you're thinking of like return on investment, mm -hmm. and if you're thinking about the physical, mm -hmm. you'd get it a little bit quicker, yeah. or it's perceived to be received a little bit quicker with Pilates. So okay. yeah, I think yeah, I think you might be onto something with that hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But it's hard also because I don't want to generalize about all men, but yeah. in terms of speaking to people and the reasons for why they enjoy yoga but might do private instruction in Pilates or why they go to Pilates at all, I think, yeah, the uh, ascertainable physical benefits mm -hmm. are part of that reason. Yeah, and maybe see this quicker. A yeah. Look quite results. Quicker. And also then you're avoiding what's seen as kind of like spirituality in some ways inherently is there's a femininity to it, mm -hmm. there's a softness to that, mm -hmm. and some men don't want that yep. for whatever reason. Yep. Some women don't either, right? Yep. But I just think these are considerations people take sure. into account. Sure. So if we thought about the physical side, what I want to know is how yoga and Pilates impact our kind of mental health and mental well-being. So has there ever been a time in your life have you had difficult periods or difficult, difficult moments where you've turned to yoga and found that it's kind of served served you in that way completely um so we've talked a little bit about how like that that night when I couldn't sleep way back yeah um when I first started practicing yoga and I did the breathing exercises and felt calm enough to be able to sleep 
Um, and that was during a difficult period because I was in London, which is a big, beautiful, amazing city. But at that time, I was feeling quite lonely mm-hmm. because I was like just out of a relationship, um, adjusting to like living in a new area, being in a new academic setting. So it was a lot happening that made me feel anxious. Yeah. But at other times in my life, like when I, we haven't talked about how I had a career as a lawyer, yeah. but I relied on my yoga practice really? when I was in litigation. Mm-hmm. Like lunchtime was a sacred time. It, mm-hmm. I felt like it was a recess. I would go and take a class, get a shower, go back to work and feel like my intellectual capabilities, my creativity and my patience was mm-hmm. more accessible, which mm-hmm. I needed for obvious reasons to yeah. do that work, but also because it was a profession that didn't necessarily align with who I am or how I like to live my life, mm-hmm. it allowed for a good balance for me to feel supported as I kind of endured what wasn't really for me, mm-hmm. which came with periods of depression, periods of anxiety. Um, so the yoga practice itself was a huge benefit for that. And then as far as Pilates, it helped me to know that I was powerful. And that sounds cliche, mm-hmm. but I just mean I started it when I was completely weakened. Like mm-hmm. my abdominal muscles had been literally severed, like right. cut through. This is after your surgery. Yeah. yeah. So to build back up from that mm-hmm. and then to start to dabble after all of the meticulous work and training and all the fundamental exercises. And so to come from that and to build up to being able to do larger, stronger movements, Mm -hmm. when I realized physically my mind took my body there, that my mind could take me anywhere. I know it sounds so cliche, but it really helped me to know that I was capable of doing what I could commit myself to doing. Mm It's a really powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah. To realize what your mind is Yeah, literally it just helped me to see myself yeah. in a way. Would you say in that sense, like yoga or Pilates could be like a therapy for some people? They could use it. As Definitely. A, as so many people use it that way. And I think that's why so many people that are of the means are okay to invest the money and the time in it because mm-hmm. of the, the benefit. And mm-hmm. comparably, it's cheaper than therapy yeah, <laughs> like yeah. whether, even if you're doing private so yeah. it's cheaper than therapy a private session is less than some local psychotherapist copay right yeah. so yeah and it is that time even if it's for the hour you're on the mat or whatever it is that you are completely zoning in zoning in on yeah. something like some people way. refer to yoga especially vinyasa type practices as a moving meditation and mm-hmm. that's what it felt like for me i mean the same especially not the same but similarly with pilates because um kind of cannot do a lot of the movements unless you're completely focused. Mm -hmm. So it's a great break from life, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm on the reformer or on the Cadillac and I'm thinking about, say, what I have to buy at the grocery store or a conversation that I had earlier or what I'm going to do the next day, I'm not going to be able to do what I'm doing. So it helps you to get out of your head Mm -hmm. and literally into your body, which is what what is meant when they say mind-body connection. Literally, your mind dictating mm-hmm. what your body's doing mm-hmm. and holding your body through some difficult movements. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it before, you were um, in the corporate world. Yes. In, in law. <laughs> how, how long ago did you sidestep? Yeah, not that long ago, yeah. like less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah. And h- do you find that 
do you have corporate clients or are you involved in that world because you know the kind of pressures that they might be under and how beneficial it could be for for them or to some extent but because it's not therapy in the sense of like I need to understand their background or where they're coming from for them to talk through what they're going through Mm -hmm. not in that sense but in the sense that especially the type of work that I did civil Mm -hmm. litigation where you meet and interact with so many Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. I think because of that it was good um like networking, that mm-hmm. people already knew me yeah. and how I was, so they're more likely to trust me mm-hmm. as an instructor if they trust me as a person. Yeah. Then they find out that I'm teaching yoga or Pilates. They mm-hmm. like it. They might like me, mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then they're fine to sign up. So I think it helped in that sense, just me as a person, mm-hmm. having known a lot of people because of the type of work that I did, but not necessarily because of the work, mm-hmm. um, not because of the work itself, but because my work let me interact with a lot of people. Have you seen, or at the time when you left, or I guess even when you were still working, what was the attitude of kind of corporates giving staff time to focus on their mental health or to take an hour over lunch to do something? Has there been a shift like that here? We're seeing it kind of around the world. It's hard to see, especially because I feel so far removed from it now. Mm -hmm. I was... Um, privileged because of my type of work. Mm -hmm. So most lawyers, if you're in a firm, the way that your firm makes money is the fee earners or the lawyers charging their time out to clients. Mm -hmm. So yes, I would have to make court appearances or I would need to make meetings with clients and things like that. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I could draft a letter or some pleadings at 10 p.m. if I needed to, right? Because mm-hmm. I'd be char- me charging that time at 10 p.m. is no different from me charging that time at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's ideal if I'm like at my desk and can respond to phone calls and emails, mm-hmm. but an hour or two for a yoga class doesn't disrupt my ability to respond yeah, yeah. to people. So for me, mm-hmm. it benefited my work completely, mm-hmm. and I was... I favored morning classes, but lots of times because of, for all kinds of reasons, I would end up going to lunchtime classes, evening classes, and I just made sure to prioritize it. It was in my schedule, Mm -hmm. and if it ended up taking two hours, because thank you, take the class, it might be 45 minutes or an hour, you need to eat, shower, all Mm -hmm. of that, that just meant that I might be at the office or working until 9 or 10 Mm p.m., but the movement was so important for me that Mm -hmm. I arrange my time that way. But I, I recognize that that was a privilege because of my type of work mm-hmm. and also the trust that my firm had in me. Whereas someone that's a um, customer front-facing, like mm-hmm. receptionist, cashier, things like that, it would be a lot harder to say, bye, going yeah. to <laughs> checking out for two hours yeah. to go to my yoga class. Yeah, that's true. Even though like, you would think like it does boost productivity. It, it is. It's yeah, it be would be amazing if, if uh, say, I'm not going to name the names, yeah, but sure. like places that have a large amount of like customer facing people, if they could offer their employees like once a week or yeah. a couple of times a month a yoga, a yoga class that they could go to, yeah. because you're absolutely right. Like you need the things that yoga helps you with, yeah. like patience, to be able to deal absolutely. with customers <laughs> or clients. Yeah. 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 So it would be ideal, but also to, to offer that, you would have to know about the benefit of that, yeah. which maybe like the generation of that's under us will be able to have that. Yeah. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as like the awareness and the openness mm-hmm. to 
alternative practice yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing a gap for you to go into all and say, <laughs> yeah, sun salutes and IO five. Yeah. <laughs> let me do a workshop for your for your staff. Um, what change have you seen, if any, since COVID? Um, you know, you touched briefly on accessibility with um, being remote and online. What have you seen different types of people or more people um, since COVID who have maybe suffered with anxiety? Or yeah, for sure. And people, and even just people trying, because yeah. uh, I didn't mention it when we were talking about the benefits of online, but the privacy aspect is huge for some people. Some mm-hmm. people have, um, like, just not necessarily... not always insecurities Mm -hmm. but just don't necessarily want to be around other people when they are perceived to be fumbling around or trying something new Mm -hmm. so I think the idea that someone can try something that's completely different in the privacy of their living room is attractive for people that are brand new Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense and not having to be around strangers yeah I promise you, it does not happen in a yoga class. People don't have time. They're too busy holding their poses to be looking at you and judging. But I can understand why that's a a cause of nerves for some people. You do have that sometimes. You know, if you're going through a session, you feel like people are looking at you when actually they're really focused on themselves. And and if if your, say, hyperfixation on that will distract you from your practice, then yeah, go away, do a private session or practice at home online for a while Mm -hmm. until... (laughs) you're okay being around others or until you actually accept that no people aren't staring at you or judging you yeah yeah that's very true um so each month we ask the rg community for a couple of questions so i'm going to field those to you oh people had questions yes people have questions that's exciting so first one um my 13 year old suffers with anxiety is that too early to try yoga no. Is there an age kind of, I mean, you see people practicing yoga right up until they're like 80s or 90s. And the beautiful is thing is, is yoga lets you do that. Right, you know? right, right. Um, there's no minimum age. I know of a few teachers locally that teach children, like young children, mm-hmm. um, who I think there's one or two nursery schools that offer it. Wow. Which is beautiful. That's um, amazing. And also in the States right now, there's lots of controversy over certain school boards either not allowing yoga or having a lot of stipulations saying like oh don't bring any spirituality it has to be physical but I think it's good that those conversations Mm -hmm. are happening because it means someone out there there is this desire to give children the benefits of a yoga practice and to help them to be more mindful Mm -hmm. which will only help them in the turmoil that is like adolescence and young adulthood absolutely what does the yoga practice look like for if you're younger is it Usually, in my limited experience, Mm -hmm. say I've assisted someone once or twice with a class or just like talked to younger cousins, usually the language is just a little bit more accessible for Mm -hmm. children to maybe calling the poses after things that they might be more familiar with, Mm -hmm. like more common animals, Mm -hmm. um, and just not using as complicated language and not focusing so much on alignment and letting it be an independent exploration for them to help them to develop their own relationship mm-hmm. to their bodies. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't yeah. know that, that they were teaching in schools that young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's beautiful. Like, I I wish that that had been accessible for, like, our generation. Yeah. Just as an option. Yeah. And how, how that would help with, like, um, peer relationships in mm-hmm. schools and even disruptive or what's considered disruptive activity in classrooms and things like that. But yeah, just to absolutely. have better 
citizens emerging into society. Mm-hmm. And when I say better, I just mean better equipped to to handle stressors yes. that are inevitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe for the next generation, it will be just something. Yeah, I, I imagine there'll be so many switches. Also, like schools as we know them might not exist, but yeah. I think <laughs> that might be a, a different podcast yeah, we'll episode for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've got one about Pilates. Yeah. Which is better for you, Pilates or Reformer Pilates? Ah, you mentioned that's Reformer a good question. Earlier. So tell us so about the difference. That's a really good question. So thank you to whoever asked that. So the Reformer is one type of apparatus mm-hmm. that Joseph Pilates, who is the person that founded the system of exercises or mm-hmm. invented the system of exercises that's now known as Pilates, he was alive, it was mm-hmm. called Contrology. They named it after him, after he passed away. Mm. Pilates is one, sorry, the reformer is one apparatus. But you can do almost every exercise on the mat. I can tell you from experience, my experience being locked down when I wasn't able to access the apparatus in the studio that I use, that the mat can be a lot harder than the apparatus as right. far as the work that you have to do mm-hmm. to achieve what you're after. That being said, it's fun mm-hmm. to glide on a reformer. Mm-hmm. It's fun to hang off of a Cadillac. So I think that's the appeal for some yeah. people. The other huge benefit of the apparatus is the fact of, have you, you see, you've seen a reformer, I have, you've seen yeah, like a I've Cadillac. I've done a couple of classes. Yeah, you yeah. have, we talked about yeah. that. The, the fact of the handles and the straps and the springs actually make the Pilates practice more accessible to people, mm-hmm. right? Because if you and gravity on the floor makes lifting up to teaser hard, teaser is like a V-shape, um, pretty difficult or relatively advanced um, Pilates exercise. If you're able to press against some resistant handles to help you get up, mm-hmm. you can get the benefit while you're building up to being able to do it just against gravity. So. Mm-hmm. Um, neither is necessarily better than the other. They're just different ways, like Matt Pilates or the Reformer or any other apparatus, is different ways to achieve similar benefits. Interesting. Okay. So apparatus isn't necessary, but it is great. And are both both types are available here. You can do classes. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. There's a few. Um, there's a few studios that offer. Well, it's more than a few. Close to several mm-hmm. that offer apparatus based instruction mm-hmm. and have teachers that would also teach on the mat. And I think the common type of class here is mat classes just right. for space reasons. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but I look forward to the day. I'm a classical Pilates girl, which doesn't necessarily um, support the idea of huge rooms full of people on apparatus because mm-hmm. it's not considered safe. Mm-hmm. But... Like, as far as the fact of that existing for a community, I think it's good. Mm -hmm. That's not the way that I teach or that I want to experience Mm -hmm. instruction because of all the reasons we were talking about earlier about, like, queuing for your body to get the benefit. But I think for cultural reasons, it's good for there to be spaces where you can go and a lot of people practice together. Yeah, that makes sense. So I look forward to that for Bermuda. (laughs) Any investors out there wanting to open it up? Yeah. Little reformer studio. Put you in touch. Yeah. Put you in touch. Um, Segway question. Which do you personally prefer between yoga and Pilates? Oh, I would say my answer is it depends on the day, okay. what I'm needing on the day. They're both good. They work mm. together for me. So they complement each other. Complement each other completely, yeah. especially for me and my body and what I need. Yeah. Um, and on a good day, I'll do both. Mm-hmm. So, wow. um, And sometimes for myself or even for some clients, um, I bring 
some Pilates exercises into the yoga practice mm-hmm. or bring some yoga poses or stretches into a Pilates wow. um, practice. So on a good day, I personally would do both. Mm-hmm. I like them each for what they are. And I could never choose one. <laughs> if you're just my two started, true loves, yeah. <laughs> it's like choosing between your children, yeah, you yeah, can't do it. Yeah. If you were to recommend, if someone is new to yoga and Pilates, would you recommend one over the other, or no? Or just I would, I feel? would, if it was someone that I knew or as a friend of a friend, I would take time and speak to them and see what they were seeking, mm-hmm. and then maybe suggest what, based on my experience, I think would be more beneficial mm-hmm. for what they're after, what their goals are. Yeah. Um, they, they, like for my own personal reasons, they just both offer such great benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ideally I would tell people do both. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously we've talked about um, how the costs can be prohibitive for mm-hmm. some. So if it was like a set pot of money that could only go to one, mm-hmm. I would ask the person what their goals are mm-hmm. when they wanted to achieve it by and yeah. then <laughs> make a few like suggestions. Sure. So the last question we had, and you've you've kind of I think answered it already, but but let's go over it. So, uh, what are your thoughts on YouTube yoga videos instead of classes? So we've talked about that a bit with yoga. How does that apply to Pilates? Do they do? Can you do a Pilates? Kind yeah, of? it's beautiful. How much is available, yeah. and like all the subscription services that exist, and also some of these companies get amazing instructors mm. that like you, there's people like there's a woman I follow she is a teacher in Philadelphia and a lot of her clients are like NFL players and it's good for me to watch her teach mm-hmm. because she teaches a lot of male and athletic bodies mm-hmm. which I have less experience with I mean like one or two of my clients are more athletic mm-hmm. um, and masculine mm-hmm. in their shape but if I wanted to if I like, I could watch her on one of these subscription services and actually take a class from her. I don't have to fly yes. to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I don't say that you should do it, do an online class instead of in person, especially for Pilates because of how the benefits come from your precision of movement. I would always say like someone's eyes on you mm-hmm. are beneficial. Mm-hmm. But getting back to yeah our discussions earlier about um, costs time, whatever, things are prohibiting access to instruction, whether it's a class or private. In-person for Pilates is definitely better. For yoga, it's a better experience for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But it's not like you having less precise cueing is going to impact your practice as much, whereas all of our shapes are so different Mm -hmm. for Pilates, so to the cues and vary so much more, right. um, at least in classical Pilates, which is by training, that I would say eyes are better. But mm-hmm. if you're in some rural area or you can't get out of the house because of a tiny baby, then mm-hmm. do your thing online. Yeah, something's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, on that note, um, a final question for me is, um, for those who are expecting or pregnant, what does yoga and Pilates look like just, just compared to your traditional um, practice. So, um, like how it's come up for a lot of our questions, it still depends on the person mm-hmm. and what they, what like where their baseline is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because of like the physical scenario of what's going on mm-hmm. around their abdominal region, there might be adjustments for s- certain poses mm-hmm. for yoga. When I say adjustments, I mean uh, modifications for 
the pose to be achieved safely for you and the child. Mm -hmm. Someone could practice as strongly as they might have practiced before if they had a strong Pilates practice. Mm -hmm. If someone's just starting, yeah, it might not be great to like just enter into like power reformer yeah. or something yeah. like that because they're not necessarily connected to their body without this additional human that's mm -hmm. being um, grown, but also just to be careful as they're growing that awareness while they're growing that human. Mm -hmm. So usually it's, it's um, modifications that take into account what's happening for that person as they're growing mm -hmm. the child, but it's not inaccessible. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had a child yet, but the friends that I've had all said it was hugely beneficial that at a minimum, just the breathing that they did, whether it was yeah. Pilates or yoga, helped mm -hmm. them in labor. Of course, obviously having a good connection to their core sure. as well, mm -hmm. but no one has said, no one that I know has said, oh, I wish I didn't do yeah. Pilates yeah. or I wish I didn't do yoga before I gave birth. So yeah, like you said, the breathing, just that can help relieve some level of stress. Relieve stress and also like labor, is can be traumatic, course, can yeah. be exhausting, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if you are able to access yourself and, and a sense of calm mm -hmm. and your breath, no matter what goes down in that labor, yeah. it's like invaluable. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. We talked earlier about um, Pilates and yoga being accessible to anyone. Does that include any body type, any fitness level? Is your starting point just your starting point? That's a really good question. Thank you for asking that question because I think it's important for people to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I also wish that I had thought about this point when we were talking about social media. Mm -hmm. So many people come to me because I've had my Instagram account since far before I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. So, so many people come to me and say, I don't know if I could do Pilates because, like, you look so strong. Mm -hmm. And I say to them, yes, but, like, that's after years of practice, mm -hmm. like, years of discipline, years of commitment to that practice. Mm -hmm. I was completely weak yep. when I started Pilates. I don't necessarily remember the specifics of what my body was like when I started yoga because it was so long ago. Yeah. But I post photos from where I am now, mm -hmm. and I wish that I had more, but I started so long ago, social media wasn't a thing. Yes. Phone cameras were not good. Like I just yeah. don't have photos from back when I first started. Yeah. But I wish I did mm -hmm. so that people could see the possibility for progress, mm -hmm. but I think it's also important for people to see that yoga is not about complicated poses and Pilates is not about the strongest possible mm -hmm. expression of an exercise. How you connect to yourself and what you, what your mind is allowing to happen for you and your body while you're moving mm -hmm. is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Yoga can be as simple and as restorative as you'd like it to be, and Pilates can be as well. Mm -hmm. Both of them can also be as powerful and as sweat-inducing as yep. you'd like them to be. Mm -hmm. It actually is for everyone. Mm -hmm. I wish that my Instagram showed that a little bit more, but the mm -hmm. thing is, my practice is where it's at, yep. and that's just factual, mm -hmm. and then it just so happens that the clients, that clients of mine that choose to record and show footage or imagery usually are the ones that are um, at what some people would call an advanced practice. Mm -hmm. But me personally, an advanced practitioner is someone that has an awareness to their body and brings an intelligence and a loving approach to their practice mm -hmm. that lets them get the benefits that they need. Sure. Someone that's 
being driven by their ego mm -hmm. and in a class just like trying to show off mm -hmm. or achieve a post just to say that they did it. Yeah. That's not advanced. It's actually quite juvenile to me. So mm -hmm. um, the, the downside of social media is it makes people think that what they see is the only yoga yes. or the only yes. Pilates. Yeah. Um, so I wish that that wasn't mm -hmm. a factor or that that didn't lead some people to form that conclusion. Mm -hmm. But that's just a fact. And um, I appreciate all the practitioners out there that show a practice that isn't what lay people would consider quote-unquote advanced yeah yeah because it does I mean from everything you said it sounds like such a personal yeah. experience everyone's experience yeah. of it is different and can be exactly what you need yeah. to get from it and, so. and it, it doesn't exist in Bermuda but when I was in London like they you would have visiting instructors mm -hmm. that did workshops and it's accessible yoga for people that are wheelchair bound mm -hmm. you know and there's also like chair-based yoga for people that just have more mobility wow. issues even if they're not chair bound like there's yeah. so much out there to yeah. make it accessible to people mm -hmm. but yeah social media shows <laughs> one tiny one dimension. experience yeah. of it yeah yeah um yeah. so i'm really happy thank mm -hmm. you for that question no, i think it's good. important for people to hear that absolutely so where can people find you if they want to if they want to take a class with you what's the best way to reach out so my email address is reaching out at akilabuckles.com my name is spelled A-K-I-L-A-H. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Check it we'll out in the show there. notes. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram handle is my name. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing a beginner series right now with Salt Yoga. I'm not sure when the podcast comes out, but I'm sure there'll be lots more happening Great. with them as well. So check out their schedule to yeah. see if there's classes that they can drop into there. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I'm online if they just want to stay connected virtually. Perfect. And you do group classes, one-on-one -on -one classes, for Pilates, I have only private instruction at the uh -huh. moment just because that's just how my schedule went. Yeah. <laughs> if, if something opens up for me yeah. to be able, something opens up not just in my schedule, but also like a prime um, practice location, mm -hmm. then I would offer Pilates mat classes. Mm -hmm. For yoga, I'm mostly private in, uh, for small groups and for individuals, and then just now opening up a relationship with Salt Yoga, which are classes, and some of them are outside. We're talking about um, being in some fun other local spaces as well. Awesome. So that's a, s oh. a space that people watch can watch. Space. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. Awesome. I originally wanted to get into this for like social events yeah. that are wellness adjacent. But then once I was offering teaching, people wanted the instruction. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of mm -hmm. responding to demand. Yeah. But I still have this dream. Like my first ever class was an event, a uh, right. brunch wow. that I did. So I'm, I'd like to get back to that, and I'm transitioning there. But that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll so, we'll yeah, people can watch watch the space. Awesome. Thank you so much for thank coming you, in. Thank you, Becky. It was great talking to you. I so loved lovely. it. Yeah, me too. We'll see you very soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. And a big thank you to Akila for giving up her time. Make sure you go over to her website, check out her Instagram, and try out one of her classes. I'd also like to say a big thank you again to our lovely sponsors at Lindo's. Why go anyplace else? Please head over to our social media pages and let us know what you thought of today's episode. We are at The Royal Dessert and at RG Mags on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, keep an eye out on our stories where we'll be asking you for your questions on next month's topic. See you soon.